Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. And again, we want to thank you for being with us today as we go deeper into the Word of God. We've been having a study over the last few weeks about the life of Joseph. And before we get started, I want to give you a couple of ways to contact us. One is by uh, email at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. That's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Or you can mail us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Again, we continue with our study of Joseph. And today we're going to conclude, uh, that's my plan is to conclude this study. But I think it's really important, it's very important. And uh, before we end this message, or end this, uh, this series, and talk about the lessons. And again, when we're talking about the lessons, things that we can learn or apply in our life as we read the scripture, because it's one thing to be a reader. The Bible says that uh, in, in the New Testament, it says that there are many that are ever learning, but ne never coming or never forever are not coming to the knowledge of the truth. Again, ever learning. In other words, obtaining knowledge is one thing to get knowledge, but you got to have an understanding of that knowledge. And with understanding, that means, needs to be an application. Application means I pray over it. I asked the Lord to, Lord, help me to apply this lesson. Or, Lord, what do you want me to get out of what I'm reading today? Because that's what the Bible is for. The Bible, uh, the scripture says that the Old Testament was written for our learning. Meaning we see the examples of the patriarchs, the uh, examples of Joseph and, and David and Abraham and Isaac and uh, Rebecca and many, many more who some were in, inside of the house of God or were part of the children of Israel, um, but others like Rahab. Uh, and I love it how the Bible uh, uh, tells the whole story. It calls her Rahab the harlot, who which she was. She was from a foreign nation. She uh, was a woman who who had a life, and her life was she had. That's was the only way in that day that if you didn't have a husband, if you didn't have someone to supply for you, that many women. Um, gave that they 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 um, were prostitutes. And the Bible says in in some kind of way, some ways, a harlot. But yet, the fact of the matter is, that's what she was. She had she sold herself to provide for her, and if she had children or whomever that may have been, that's how she provided for them. But my my words to you and today is learn from the lessons that God has provided for us. All of us, we can read the scripture, take what's been written. And see how God would have us and see what God would have us to learn from it. So today, again, we're going to start out in the book of Genesis, chapter 41. And this is a well-known story, the life of Joseph. And I've had I've not read all of the chapters and all the words of the chapters um, as I've taught this study. But I tried to pull out or sift out um, things that uh, as the script, Spirit has, has given me. This is what I'm giving to you. So in Genesis 39. Uh, in Genesis 41, 39, we're at a point now where Joseph was in the, in prison, and he had uh, given given uh, given interpretation of the dreams of the two men, the butler and and the uh, 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 the men of the Pharaoh's um, servants. Rather, they had come to him for interpretation. Joseph had given them the interpretation, and now here they are. Uh, one of them, his, the baker. His head was lifted off of him. In other words, he was hung and killed. The other one, he was the wine bearer, bearer the cup bearer. 
he was able to go back into the, his same job in service with Pharaoh. And so the Bible said that two years went past. He forgot all about his uh, the words that Joseph had said. Joseph told him when he left, he said, hey, when you go back into your uh, into your office, remember me. He's, and uh, I don't know if the, I don't know if the cupbearer bearer acknowledged it, but you would think if somebody gave you a word that puts you in the presence of Pharaoh that you remember. But uh, the old saying goes out of sight, out of mind. But there came a need. It was not time for Joseph because if if uh, if the uh, cupbearer would have told Pharaoh about Joseph and there wasn't a need for him, then there wouldn't there wouldn't have been a place for him. But God had a time and this is what happened to Pharaoh. So we're going to go down to the chapter 41, verse number 39. Pharaoh has told his uh, magicians and his wise men about the dream that he had. Nobody could give interpretation. But I want to tell you, God will make room for you. He makes room for us. He's, the scripture says that your gift will make room. Not only is it talking about your spiritual gift, but the very monetary gift that we give. It can give us a place before the king. It can give us a place before people when you present them, whether it's your natural gift or your monetary gift or your spiritual gift, your gift will make room for you. And it will bring you before great men. It will put you before great women. It will bring you into places that you never thought you'd get. But the point I'm trying to make is, it's God that gives you the gift. It's God that blesses you with money. It's God that blesses you blesses you with your spiritual uh, a gift or physical gift. But God wants to put us in a place and elevate his people so that we can do what Jesus told commanded us to do is to occupy till I come. That's what Jesus has told us to do before he left. He said, the lands that Satan has taken, the Lord has commanded us to go back and take everything that the enemy has stolen and occupy and go back and take the, the, the ground that the enemy has, has taken in our families, has taken in our lives, has taken on our jobs, has taken in the uh, political or whatever arena that we may find ourselves in. That's where God wants us to occupy and be a light to the world and, sh and show them that you know what? You can be saved. You can be you can be a, a Christian in whatever arena God places you in. You can be a light to them and give glory to God. The Bible says that men shall see your good works and glorify the God which is in heaven. So in other words, when God puts us in the place, just like he give, did for Joseph, he will put us in a place so that men will see that we have something that they don't have. We are, God will make us desirable. And what I mean by desirable means that our gift will show them that, you know what? He or she has something that I need. They have something, they have wisdom, they have knowledge. They have skill that's needed in my company, that's needed in my uh, church, that's needed in my uh, uh, business, that's needed in the school, that's needed in political office. God, that's what God wants his people. He wants to elevate us so that we can be a light to a world of darkness. So here we are again, Psalm, uh, Genesis 41, 39. Again, Joseph has interpreted for Pharaoh, told him there were seven good years and seven lean years, and the things that he should do, how Pharaoh should gather wheat, how he should gather all the corn and things that would feed the people, and told him to Pharaoh, get a man, find a man with wisdom that will gather this, these things for you, so that your so that Egypt and your kingdom will not perish. Verse 39. And Joseph and Pharaoh said to Joseph, 
For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Verse 40, and thou should, now he begins to promote Joseph. Remember, just a few days ago, Joseph was in the dungeon, but the favor of God was upon Joseph everywhere he went, everywhere uh, that, at, that, that, that Joseph found himself because the favor was on him. The grace of God was blessing him because Joseph believed. That's how Joseph, he trusted God. He believed in the thing that his father had told him. He saw how God elevated him. And now that because God put him in a place where there was a need for him, and Joseph was in the right place at the right time. Being in prison was the right place at the right time for him because God made it so. Because wherever he went, God made it a place that he flourished. And, he go, and Pharaoh says in the 41st verse, 40th verse where he says, Thou shalt build my house. According to, according to thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I'll set you over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off the ring from his hand, put it on Joseph's hand, and then arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second uh, a limousine, which he had. These are my words. And they cried before him and bowed the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. Do you remember the, the, the dream that Joseph had? Well, he dreamed that the, all the sheaves uh, bowed down to him, where the sun and the moon bowed down to him. And see, this is just the start of what God is doing for him because Joseph was patient. Joseph uh, was, was, was willing to submit himself. He submitted himself to Potiphar. And by the way, Potiphar was the captain of the guard, of the king's guard. And guess who was able to see Joseph be elevated? Guess who had to bow in the very presence of the slave boy? who just a few days ago was a slave in the house of Potiphar, now Potiphar, and had to bow before him and was at his beck and call. Now uh, Potiphar has to bow to the slave Hebrew boy because Joseph and the favor of God that was upon him, now he sees God elevate this man. And see, that's again, that's what God does for his people who have patience. And it's one of the things, lessons I think we should uh, bring out is we never read, and you can only read uh, this story, you never read what Potiphar's name, the captain of the guard, ever came up. Because what Joseph not only had to do while he was in prison, while he was uh, uh, the keeper of, of the uh, cupbearer and the baker, you never hear how Joseph slandered, how he cursed out uh, Potiphar's wife and called her every name but a child of God. You never see him. And now, here, Joseph is in power. He's in power now. But this is what the scriptures say. And this is what we have to remember. For as I've taught in other lessons, I'll teach now and say now, rather, that forgiveness brings authority. Forgiveness looses you from the past. Forgiveness will elevate you and it will allow you to sleep at night. Forgiveness will pull up and not allow the root of bitterness to grow into your heart. Because when bitterness grows, it, it, it destroys and has a way. If you've ever seen a garden that's overrun with weeds, it'll choke out the vegetable. It'll choke out uh, uh, the harvest. 
because those weeds have a way of, of growing over and, 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 and blocking the sunshine. That's why well, as a kid, as a boy, and we used to work at, I work in my dad's garden or in the, down on the farm that we used to go and work at sometimes, you had to weed out, go down the roads and weed out the, uh, uh, the get the weeds out of the roads so that the vegetables, the corn or the beans or whatever we were weeding out, you had to make sure that they had the nutrients because bitterness will suck out the love of God out of you. It'll destroy the things. It'll, it'll hinder the things that God is trying to bring to pass in our lives because we allow the past. That's why there's the old saying said, leave the past behind you. There is nothing in the past that's evil that happened to you that we need to play over and over and over again. What did Jesus say when he was dying on the cross? He could remember all the things that those soldiers, I remember all, I'm God. I remember every one of you that spit on me, every one that slapped me, every one that, every, I remember every lash. Those are the words he could have said. But what did our Savior say? He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Many times when people uh, uh, do things against us, there is not them, although they are the one that are executing the plan of, of, of the enemy. But they don't many times know. People don't really know why they do the mean things that they do. The evil thing. They are being influenced by the evil one. Because his job is to hinder us. His job is to try to stop us from going where we need to go. And, and get to that destination. For, the, the, for we know, this, as uh, Jeremiah 29, 29 11 says, the thoughts that I have for you, I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Over in the book of, of uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians rather, 13, it talks about God's kind of love. Whenever you see this um, uh, charity over in the book of uh, Corinthians 13, the charity or the love that's being talked about, if you read it, those things uh, in and of themselves, they're hard to do in our flesh. But when you think about this, this is the love that only God can provide. I'm going to give you, and I'm just going to start, read verses four through six. But just whenever you see the word charity, let's insert God's kind of love. Because God's kind of love is a love that cannot, it cannot be compared to what our love, to man's love. Because, you know, we love people who treat us well. We love people who you know, pat us on the back or, you know, they're friendly to us, they speak to us. You know, you enjoy speaking to people who speak to you. People that have like, uh, that like things or similar likes as you, you know, they may like the same music or, you know, your famous football team, you know, everybody can cheer for the same team and all those things are good. But when we meet somebody contrary, out of all of us at one time or another, you've met somebody, somebody that's contrary. I mean, that's hard to get along with. They are, dis I call it disagreeable. They'll disagree. They'll argue with a fence post. They'll do anything to aggravate and to be uh, uh, just like a somebody would call it. Some call it, you know, just be a needle that just 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 a prick. So here in First uh, Corinthians thirteen, again, when we see charity, we call it God's kind of love. Verse four, God's kind of love, which is charity, suffers long, and that's what Joseph did. It's kind. Remember what Joseph told. Uh, the butler and the cupbearer, he said, why are you have sad faces today? Imagine being in a, in a, a prison and somebody asking you, why are you sad? 
Most of us will say, why you think I'm sad? I'm in prison. I used to be the main man. I used to be the chief chef. I used to be the, the, the wine taster for Pharaoh. I'm down here in prison with you. But it says God's kind of love is kind. God's kind of love envious not. God's kind of love vaulteth not itself. In other words, not proud. Nor is, it, nor is God's kind of love puffed up. It says it does not behave itself unseemly. In other words, it's even, you know, something is unseemly, you know, it's, it's uneven, it's, 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 it's not consistent, it's up today, down tomorrow, seeks not her own. That's what God's kind of love is. God's kind of love is not easily provoked and thinketh no evil. And that's the revelation. Now, you think about it. God's kind of love does not think about revenge. When somebody does you wrong, this what uh, there's a scripture that goes along with this. It says that uh, it talks about how that uh, offense it goes on to say that uh, offenses will come. Jesus said this: offenses will come. All of us are going to be offended in one way or another, but we should not take offense. We should not uh, let those little things that those little things that people say. Because when they aggravate you and you get them roll around your head, you know, and you said, oh, that, they, they, they insulted my, I brought this brand, I spent a lot of money on these clothes. And they told me it's too tight, it's, it's ugly. Why would I buy this? I wonder who gave you that? What trash can you pull that out of? And see, we'll let ourselves be offended because of words that someone else said. We all heard the little nursery rhyme uh, when we were kids. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt you. That was so untrue. Words created the world. Words created the world. And words are what God has, has given us to be able to be creative with. We have to speak the word of God. And even when it comes to when an offense will come. Isaiah 54, 17 says that. No weapons that formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me, against thee rather, thou shalt condemn. So whenever someone comes and speaks ill of us, we have to re reject it. Rebuke it. Say, no, I, I don't receive that. I know you said I'm ugly, but God said I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I know you said I'll never be nothing, but God said I'm blessed. I'm a child in the seed of Abraham. I am the righteousness of God. I know you said that 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 uh, I'm poor, my family is poor, and you know, just what's up? Where we going to end up? But I want to tell you, Jesus has prepared a blessing for me in this life. He promised to bless me a hundredfold in this life. So, what again? The lessons we have to learn is how that Joseph went through all of these things. Joseph didn't have a Bible. Joseph didn't have uh, a preacher. He wasn't able to go to church every Sunday. He lived within a pagan nation, but yet he held on to the promises and the, and the covenant that God had gave his great-grandfather Abraham of how that he would bless him, make his name great, and cause him to be a blessing. These are the things that God had not only sent over Abraham and over Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, we are the children of Abraham, and we too have a promise that God wants to bless us. He wants to make us outstanding.
just think about it. What are what will people will people rather miss you when you leave this earth? Will anybody miss you? Are you making an impact? And the impact does not mean that you have to be uh, a world famous preacher or an evangelist. Doesn't mean that you have to be a famous this or that. The impact is we how we affect people's lives. Are we showing? Are you just showing love day by day? Are you? Do you have a good attitude that people enjoy being around you? Do you? Can you carry or have a smile on your face and not allow the words of people, of them, because they always going to have something to say about how you live when you up. They're going to think, oh, they always Miss Goody Two Shoes. She always my praise the Lord. Or when you're down, they're going to put you, they're going to, they, they'll try to uh, uh, insult you there too. But we should, we, the people of God, should have impact. We have impact when we allow the love of God to be seen within us and let that light shine. And this is what Joseph did. He did not allow himself to be bound by the past, but to be uplifted by the promise that God had gave him. So let's read on now. We're going to go now to the end of Joseph's life. And we're going to see as we close out this teaching about how that when elevation comes. So many times when we are praying and when there's a trial or tribulation, when there's sickness or disease, when there's a loss of job or loss of a loved one or you know, just these things, you know, stuff that happens when it involves our children or our spouse or, you know, or our, our, our kin's people, our mother or father. You know, we go to prayer and we should. But do you pray when things are good? Do you consider God when you are in the land of plenty? When land of plenty, I mean, I'm talking about when you just got the promotion, that that forever job that you thought about and, and, you know, one day, one day. Now, I won't just be the manager. I want to own my own business. And that one day comes. And now you are the business owner. You are the head. You are the manager. You are the supervisor. You are the vice president. You are the president. You are the owner. You are the pastor. You are the head musician. You are the chief usher. You are the head custodian. You are uh, uh, the city councilman. You are the mayor. You are the, rep uh, uh, the representative. What kind of person are you when you are elevated? Because that will show more than when you are being oppressed or when you are being, you in a trial or tribulation. I've often heard the measure of a man is not a woman, is not when they're going through, but when they've gotten through. And now things are Blessings are flowing from left and right. Money is, is, is just flowing to you. What kind of person will you be then? Let's end our study of Joseph by going to uh, chapter 50 of Genesis, verse number 16. Chapter 50 of Genesis, chapter 16. Now, we've uh, Joseph revealed himself to his brethren. They realized their, how they mistreated him, and now he's a second man in the kingdom. And they indeed bowed to him as ruler. And when Joseph revealed himself to them, they cried and they and they, and they, and they weep, wept because Joseph not only was the second man in the kingdom, but he had the power to uh, and, and, and position of influence with Pharaoh that he had all of his family to come and live in Egypt. And they had their own suburb, the land of Goshen in Egypt. 
So all of these things God had arranged because he prophesied it through Abraham. And you can go back to uh, the study of Abraham, how God said that uh, Egypt, I mean, uh, Israel would be in the land, land of uh, the Amorites, I believe, for 400 years. So here they are now. And not only that, but Jacob, whose name had been changed to Israel, Joseph sent for him too. And he was able to see where he thought his son was dead and he had wept and mourned over him for days. And now he sees that his son is not only alive, but the dreams that Joseph had have come to pass. And he sees his son, not only him, but but Israel goes and has audience and sits with Pharaoh and he prays over Pharaoh. So uh, for, 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 for years after that, a few years after that. Israel gets old in years. I believe he he lived uh, to be an old man. He prophesies over Joseph's sons. And the day comes when he uh, uh, dies. And, you know, as long as daddy was living. Everything was cool. And now we're going to read it. We wrap this up. Uh, Genesis 50, verse number 15. I'm sorry. Genesis 50, 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw their father was dead, they said to Joseph, they said rather, Joseph will preadventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, daddy is dead. And daddy commanded us before he died, saying, this is what you tell Joseph. Say these words, forgive me. Forgive us, rather, I pray thee now. The trespasses of your brethren and their sins. For they did not, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray, forgive the trespass of the servants of the, of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake to him. Daddy was thinking about it and said, just in case Joseph still got something against my son. Just in case that that Joseph is, is not forgotten and indeed didn't forgive, when I leave this earth, you tell him this what daddy said. And see, because Joseph, uh, uh, Jacob knew that there is a blessing upon my, all of my children, not just Joseph, not just uh, Benjamin, but upon all of the all of the 12. And he was wanting to preserve his sons. And he said, tell Joseph, don't kill them. Don't hurt my sons. But he didn't, even daddy didn't realize the extent of the grace of God that was upon Joseph. Joseph got where he was because he held on to the promises of God. And here he is now at a trying time in his life. Because you know, he's heard this. What, 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 uh, he, what his father thought. Because by man's law, oh, you got to get them. We call it get back. Oh, that, that didn't need to be some major get back. He could have put them in prison because remember, he's the second ruler in the kingdom. He could have had everybody thrown into prison. He could have killed them all. But yet, God blessed him. He blessed him with the, uh, uh, with the grace of God. Meaning, Joseph was a righteous man in his heart because he loved God. He didn't just love his father. He loved God and God's promises. And so we read on as we close out today. And his brothers went and fell down before his face. And they said, behold, we're your servants. They said, we're not, forget about us being brothers. We're your servants. And Joseph said, fear not, for am I in the place of God? What is he saying? Joseph is saying, I'm not God. I'm not going to issue uh, 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 
punishments to you. I'm not going to kill you because of what you did. I'm not going to go down and lower myself and give in to the enemy and destroy God's promise. Because the promise wasn't just to him. The Trump promise was to all of Israel's seed. And Joseph says, am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, what did he say? Fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly to them. What a great lesson to learn and to know that God will keep his people. He will keep us in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on us, on thee rather, because he trusts us in thee. That's Isaiah 26, 3. God is a good God. And the lesson we learn from Joseph is the faithfulness of God. And not only that, but the power of keeping your mind fixed on God and not on your situation, not on what's happening in your life, not what you lost, not who left, not what uh, uh, has been said about you, but trusting in the God of heaven and earth. And if Jesus can forgive, and I can forgive. The Bible says, humble yourself in the mighty hand of God. This is over in the book of James, prior phrasing, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. And he will lift you up. I pray that you are blessed today. That you learn something and gather something out of the study of the life of Joseph. I pray that all is well with you. Till we meet again on Journeys in Grace. It's Pastor Eric Hubbard. Be blessed.